regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. The public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. I am your host, Stanley Hudson. We are without our computer guy, Captain Reverso, this evening. Therefore, we were doing a little house cleaning, me and the executive producer, Buford. And Hello. The, <laughs> yeah. So, no. It, <clears throat> what do you mean by house cleaning? Well, Number one, we were just... Like a vacuum in a broom? Yes. We were talking about kind of the direction of our show, X, Y, and Z. Listen to some other shows that are kind of in the, the same realm. It, it seems to me that there's a lot more leftist podcasts than conservative podcasts, especially in like the top 100. Not that we're necessary. Hey, we are there, actually. I take yeah, that back. Yeah, we are, actually. So, but... Uh, and, and one of the things... I, uh, I know I always ask, like, share, subscribe. The... Looking at the numbers, the bulk of people listen on Apple. I have an Apple. But uh, if you're listening right now and you're on an Apple, click on the, the picture of our show, the the logo. Go to the three dots at the bottom right. What do you do there? Then you go to show. And if you scroll down, like there's a, it'll show a, about five episodes ago to trailer. It'll show a rating. It says tap to rate. Give us a five-star rating. I'd greatly appreciate it. I just gave us a five-star rating. Man, that was easy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it greatly helps with the algorithm. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to get pushed up and, and a little a little more notice, man. And this isn't our day job. In fact, my day job may be interfering over the next uh, week or two, so we'll keep you posted on that. But we need all the help we can get fighting the liberals. Oh, for sure, dude. But the... Uh, just you know, th this is a lot of work for zero dollars. So I'm just saying, a, a polite request, so we can get pushed up there and get a little more recognition and get a more listenership and maybe do a little. Bit. We're talking about doing more episodes, more content, X, Y, and Z. So uh, please, if you're on Apple and if you're on not on Apple, it's probably pretty much the same. Just a five star rating would do us wonders. So appreciate it. And if, if you're new listeners, I hate to do a plug like that or a plea at the very beginning. I won't do it again. But, as long as you go ahead and give us that review. Yeah, That five sure. star. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you can email us, info at bcblpodcast.com, and you can find us on the web, bcblpodcast.com, and we're on True Social at Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast, so follow us there, please. And if you're one of the new listeners from True Social, welcome. And uh, so I'm, this is pretty good. The, I thought this was brilliant. Yeah, mayor or, or you know, the governor, rather, in Texas, Abbott, sent uh, some recent border crossers to the Naval Observatory, which is the residence of Camilla Harris. Okay. Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. Kamala. Depends on how many meds she's had. Yeah. And then DeSantis sent some to Martha's Vineyard, which is, <laughs> for those that don't know, the uh, is that off Nantucket? Yeah, that's so, like 
the, super yuppie. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, that's it's like the, the elite, cream of the crop. The elite liberal haven, yes. which is odd because Barack Obama has a massive spread there. But Aren't the Kennedys real familiar with that area? They are. Yeah. Didn't something happen around there with Kennedy? Like one of the Kennedy he, guys? He wrecked off the coast. Yeah. Yeah. I was but just... the QAnon people say he's still alive. Really? Yeah. And he's going to come back at any time. So I bet he had like scuba tanks and flippers then, didn't he? You know what, man? Uh, I, I, whatever, dude. <laughs> like, whatever, man. But it's supposed to be underwater by now, according to Al Gore. So I'm not quite sure why all these liberals live there. But one thing is they do not practice what they preach. And so we have a video. Who is this manliest lady? So this is the uh, homeless shelter coordinator, Lisa Belcastro. So this is her take on all the illegals that were sent up from Florida, courtesy of Ron DeSantis. On the planet. And everyone is jumping in to help. Uh, we, We literally have everything we need. I mean, we need for all of our guests to get the help they need to be in this country and because what she wanted to say was, all we need is for our guests to get the hell out of here. Yeah, I thought that's what she was going to say. And real quick, before we start that back, if anybody ever wanted to know what a paper ball thrown backwards for a hole, or not a hole-in-one, wrong sports reference, nothing but net, over a podcast on a sweet road microphone, it sounds like this. Did I make it? <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it went right in. Excellent. Housing, and that's not something that we can do here at the shelter, right? We're, we're, we're a stopgap. This is an emergency shelter. We're, we're not long-term care. So, you know, we are, we're, everyone is meeting about this. There's multiple wheels that are turning and departments that are working together. I mean, it really is a community effort, and that community is, you know, from here to Boston, probably to the White House. Um, so, What are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are... Uh, we have, at some point in time, they have to move from here to somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. So that is our primary crisis. We have this emergency shelter set up. And it's working wonderfully. Every single person that has been here, and I really want to say this, every single person has come up and said, I want a job. They are not looking for a handout. Not one person has asked for a handout. Every single person is like, I need to work. I had one young man come to me and he said, can I, I go think to the that's enough. now? I have to go get a job. D- d- the thing is, like, oh, they, they want to work. Yeah, cool, man. People were jumping off the Titanic, going to get in a lifeboat, saying, I want to live. Too many people get in the boat, it's going to freaking sink. And now you idiots, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're reaping the rewards of the stupid decisions that you make. Dude, leftist freaking wackos, they're all about illegal immigrants. And Remember, the, like, I've seen them actually in town before, these little signs. In this house, we believe black lives matter and no humans illegal. Number one, how many homeless people are actually on this island anyway? I bet you could count them on one hand. I bet you could count them on zero fingers. Yeah, exactly. And so he said, what's the most difficult part about this process? Oh, well, these these people got to find somewhere to move from here. So wait a minute. It's a humanitarian crisis, and it's inhumane for Ron DeSantis to send them here, and but not 
for you to send them away from where you live and also not for Joe Biden to fly them all over the country in the dead of the night on chartered flights. That's not inhumane. See, an influx of illegal immigrants into a red area, humane, putting them in a... And these, dude, these are sanctuary areas here. Yeah. And you... Where's the sanctuary? False advertisement, dude. It's, it's not real. So, there's a uh, video from DeSantis, actually. Oh, there's there's uh, Barry and Mike's... Big Mike's estate there. Obama. Wow. Somebody took umbrage this week wow. with, with me referring to... Oh, you should see when he had his uh, birthday party, the tent was bigger than the house. That was, like, in the height of, like, the COVID... The COVID um, hysteria. Yeah. And people weren't wearing masks or anything. They're all together, you know, not so... Dude... Social distancing. So my question is, how does a president afford that? Well, if you're using a current example, you would send money. And again, his method was, methodology was, there's variations. I don't know the exact ends and out of exactly what he did. But today's current methodology is send it over in the form of... Uh, foreign aid to the Ukraine, wash it, get it right back in your pocket. Pretty sweet gig. So, yeah. But somebody took issue with me referring to, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this in the podcast before, and I don't have the sound clips because we're not professionals and we're just flying by the seat of our pants like always. So give us a five-star rating. But, but uh, calling Michelle Obama Big Mike, which is a really popular thing, but to my knowledge, there's at least three videos I've seen of Barack Obama referring to Michelle Obama as Mike or Michael. Sometimes he doesn't correct himself. Yes. So how many times, if your wife's name is Barbara, yeah, yeah, me and Bob, I, I mean Barbara. Mm-mm. No. And I know one of those we covered on the podcast about him calling <laughs> him calling him the Mike. <laughs> yeah, him yeah. calling him, yeah. yeah. Big Mike. And so – and. I think we even talked about Big Mike dancing on Ellen in the loose pants. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. With the Pringles can? <laughs> Cucumber Pringles can? I don't know. Yeah. Big, Big Mike and, and Barry Satoro, that's Barack Obama's real name, they have a nice spread there. And they can. And that's the thing, man. How many square Dude, that's like a 10,000 square foot place at least, at minimum. Man, it's horseshoe. Look, if you haven't seen it, you need to look this up. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yard is so manicured. Look at that. It's all striped up. Yeah. I bet he does that himself. Yeah, surely. He probably uh-huh. pay, he probably pays illegals to do it. <laughs> but not those illegals. Those ones are no good. This is uh, Ron DeSantis' uh, take after the media tried to uh, eviscerate him over doing that. And, you know, he's, uh, of course, he's racist and he hates people and all kinds of other hogwash. We are not a sanctuary state. And it's better to be able to go to a sanctuary jurisdiction. And yes, we will help facilitate that transport for you to be able to go to greener pastures. Biden would fly people in the middle of the night, dump them all across this country. There was no warning on any of this. And all those people in D.C. and New York were beating their chests when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, saying how bad it was to have a secure border. The minute even a small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, 
they all of a sudden go berserk and they're so upset that this is happening and it just shows you you know their virtue signaling is a fraud okay they dude there's no more succinct way to put it than that no the lady from the first video that worked at the homeless shelter there that has no homeless people until now obviously she's completely overwhelmed because she's probably never dealt with any homeless people at all <laughs> at least not where she's currently at she uh Went on to say that, you know, the political games, everybody's playing these political games. Absolutely. When they're shipping them, like, and again, it's all it's all good to, to fly them all over the country because they had put some in pretty close proximity to us. Dude, that's okay. But no, we can't have them here. You tell me who the real racist is, dude. The one that pretends not to be racist but really is or the people that just think you should come here legally, you know? And yeah. she, she again, she also went on to say, because it was like a three-and-a-half-minute video, that – you know, uh, there's a process to this. People need to adhere to the process as far as, you know, the homeless shelter and then, you know, sending them, you know, dealing with them once they're oh, here. There's a process yeah. to immigration. Well, no, no. <laughs> She's saying once they're yeah. over the border, there's a way for the, there's a process for the, for the uh, different states to handle it policy wise. That started way before with the federal policy that left the border wise open and coming here illegally, period. Like there, there was a process that they should have adhered to before that it's fundamental law before any of this transpired. And, th and that's the whole point of this that they still don't seem to understand. If you would, t if you would stop the terrible policy of leaving, leaving the border wide open, this, w this wouldn't be happening to you. But so you, they want that because they want them in red States to dilute the voting. And we are now on CNBC.com back on Facebook. You know, my favorite website. Yeah. I saw you browsing that earlier. Are people? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, but it was just the uh, classified section, so that don't really count, does it? That's fake news. That is false. <laughs> Patently false. I'm kidding. Facebook button is disappearing from websites as consumers demand better privacy. Are people tired of me beating on Facebook yet? They seem to love it. When <sighs> when I talk about Facebook, they act like I'm talking about a family member. They do. They get mad. They love. They love to give bucks to the Zuck. They do. And I don't give up about the Zuck. <laughs> All right. Until about a month ago, shoppers on Dell's website looking for a new laptop could log in using their Facebook credentials to avoid creating a new user, username and password. That option is now gone. Dell isn't alone. Other big brands, including Best Buy, Ford Motors, Pottery Barn, Nike, Patagonia, Match, and Amazon's video streaming service that also sucks, service Twitch, have removed the ability to sign on with Facebook. It's a marked departure from just a few years ago when Facebook login was plastered all over the internet, often alongside buttons that allow that let you sign in with Google, Twitter, or LinkedIn. John Felch, Dell's chief digital and chief information officer, said people stop using social logins for reasons that include concerns over security, privacy, and data sharing. Quote, we really just looked at how many people were choosing to use their social media identity to sign in, and that just has shifted over time, Felch said. One thing that we see across the industry is more and more security risks or account takeovers, whether that's Instagram or Facebook or whatever it might be. And I just think we're observing people making a decision to isolate that social media account versus having other connections to it. The disappearing login is the latest sign of Facebook's diminishing influence on the Internet following more than a decade of spectacular growth. In the past year, the company's business has been beset by Apple's iOS privacy change, which made it harder to target ads, a deteriorating economy, competition from short video service TikTok, another garbage site you shouldn't be on, and reputational damage after a whistleblower leaked document showing Facebook knew of the harm caused by many of its products. 
Revenue in the third quarter is expected to drop for a second straight period. Late last year, Facebook changed its name to Meta, reflecting an effort to move the company away from social media and towards future, a futuristic metaverse where people work, play, and learn in a virtual world. And in a nod to the shift in consumer behavior, Meta said in July that VR users will be able to access headsets without their Facebook credentials. A Facebook spokesperson declined to comment for this story. So... CNBC admitted that we have a deteriorating economy? You know, it's unexpected. So, like, the stuff that went on with the stock market this week and the uh, the very obvious recession and deteriorating economy, oh, this is unexpected. Unexpected lack of job growth. Everything's unexpected. Yeah, kind of like Christmas every year. <laughs> exactly. It's unexpected. And to follow that up for the millionth time, why you shouldn't be on Facebook, and when they're talking about security concerns in that previous story, we are now on the New York Post. Facebook spied on private messages of Americans who questioned 2020 election, which that headline should read, Facebook spied on your private messages, period. Yes. Facebook has been spying on the private messages and data of American users and reporting them to the FBI. If they express anti-government, and remember... The qualifications for what constitutes their opinion of anti-government lies with them. It doesn't matter what you think. You know what I mean? And so, in a world where you know voting for Donald Trump makes you a MAGA fascist, and this the CEO of this company helped throw said election, we're all terrorists to them. Yes, so we are, and we are all, and dude, especially with a podcast like this, we're we're attacking democracy daily. That's why we always hear those helicopters. Probably so. From the top, Facebook has been spying on the private messages and data of American users and reporting them to the FBI if they express anti-government or anti-authority sentiments or question the 2020 election, according to sources within the Department of Justice. Under the FBI collaboration operation... Dude, that's fancy. Collaboration operation. Yeah, they're trying to rhyme or something. Threat level midnight. (laughs) That's an office reference. Somebody at Facebook red flagged these supposedly subversive private messages over the past 19 months and transmitted them in the redacted form to the Domestic Terrorism Operational Unit at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. without a subpoena. Quote, it was done outside the legal process and without probable cause, alleged one of the sources who spoke on the conditions of of anonymity. Facebook provides the FBI with private conversations which are protected by the First Amendment without any subpoena. These private messages then have been farmed out as leads to FBI field offices around the country, which subsequently requested subpoenas from the partner U.S. Attorney's Office in their district to officially obtain the private conversations that Facebook had already shown them. And see, I've told my dad about this specifically, like for a long time, before any of this information was remotely public like this. It was common sense, dude. That guy is a hardcore leftist shill scumbag piece of shit. Because, like, he was talking about, you know, all sorts in the Obama years. Dude, stop that. It's a private group. Okay. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> yeah, private group. You're good. When the targeted Facebook users were investigated by agents in a local FBI field office, sometimes using covert surveillance techniques, nothing criminal or violent turned up. Quote, it was, waste, it was a waste of our time, said one source familiar with subpoena requests lodged during a 19-month frenzy by FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. to produce the caseload to match the Biden administration's rhetoric on domestic terrorism after the January 6, 2021, not Capitol riot. 
So, I mean, it tells you they were doing exactly what we said they would do, you know. So, and they're putting... The Facebook users whose private communications Facebook had red flagged as domestic terrorism for the FBI were all, quote, conservative right-wing individuals. They were gun-toting red-blooded Americans who were angry after the election and shooting off their mouths and talking about staging protests. There was nothing criminal, nothing about violence or massacring or assassinating anyone. As soon as the subpoena was requested, within an hour, Facebook sent back gigabytes of data and photos. It was ready to go. Listen to this. If you're on Facebook, listen to what I'm telling you right now. Facebook sent back gigabytes of data and photos. It was ready to go. They were just waiting for the legal process so they could send it. Facebook denied the allegations yesterday in two contrasting statements sent one hour apart. Erica Sacken, spokesperson at Facebook's parent company Meta, claimed Facebook's interaction with the FBI were designed to, quote, protect people from harm. So she didn't. She didn't deny didn't it. Didn't deny it. She just said it's designed to protect people from harm. Right. But again, like the, the definition of harm rests with them. Exactly. On their platform. That's their own virtual world. They make their own rules. <laughs> Absolutely. Great point. In her first statement, she said, these claims are false because they reflect a misunderstanding of how our systems protect people from harm and how we engage with law enforcement. We carefully scrutinize all government requests. Yeah, right. Government requests for user information to make sure they're legally valid and narrowly tailored, and we often push back. I bet if they they're do. In, if they're Antifa. Yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet they do carefully scrutinize all government requests because I bet when Trump was president, he if he requested some sure. stuff on some kind of, you know, some kind of Middle Eastern terrorist or something, then or domestic terrorist, yeah. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, yeah, anti-police. We respond to legal requests for information in accordance with applicable law and our terms, and we provide notice to users when, whenever permitted. In a second unprompted, unprompted updated statement, since 64 minutes later, Sacken altered her language to say the claims are wrong, not false. These claims are just wrong. The suggestion we seek out people's private messages for anti-government language or questions about the validity of past elections and then proactively supply those to the FBI is plainly inaccurate and there is zero evidence to support it, said Sacken, a D.C.-based crisis response expert who previously worked for Planned Parenthood and Obama for America and now leads Facebook's communications on counterterrorism and dangerous organizations and individuals. Wow. Read that sentence again right there. Read that part of the sentence again. Sacken, a D.C.-based crisis response expert who previously worked for Planned Parenthood and Obama for America and now leads Facebook's communications on counterterrorism and dangerous organizations and individuals. And so every click on Facebook... Dangerous organizations and individuals. Mm -hmm. I wonder if any of the aborted babies think that she's a dangerous individual. Oh, I would say so. And look at their address. One hacker way. Surely that's not real. No, I bet it is. Agency doublespeak. In a statement Wednesday, the FBI neither confirmed nor denied allegations put to it about its joint operation with Facebook, which is designed as unclassified law enforcement sensitive. Responding to questions about the misuse of data on only of American users, the statement curiously focused on foreign malign influence actors, but did acknowledge that the nature of the FBI's relationship with social media providers enables a quick exchange of information and is an ongoing dialogue. So, 
that's your Facebook update for the week and uh, why you need to delete it. And most people, obviously, this, the, the whole basic mentality is that I'm not doing anything wrong. And, dude, privacy is a virtue, absolute virtue. And they are, you'll have to bleep this, but they're finger data. <laughs> so, and it's nasty. It's bad. It's not good. And the thing is, it's your information. And they used to pay you for these. They would send you a survey in the mail to know what your opinion was, what you thought, what you were up to. And that was just for advertising. But now, you, as I've said so many times, and people with a brain realize this a long time ago, they're taking your data and using it against you. And not only that, they determine, again, they determine what is anti-government rhetoric. They determine what is terrorism. They determine what is harm. They determine a myriad of things that you would absolutely fundamentally agree with on the definition. They, Man, woman, whatever. They save all of that. And can when they change... Well, who knows what they're going to change in the future and what, what, what normal stuff do growing a garden could be considered literally under their mentality, growing a garden could be considered a form of terrorism in the future and something as mundane as that. And now they have it data logged everything. You never know what these whack jobs are going to do. Sounds crazy. Wait, it was crazy when I said that they would try to legalize pedophilia 20 years ago. I was crazy then. I'm not crazy now. Yeah. And keep your information to yourself, dude. Who would have, everybody would have been considered crazy if they said that in, in 2020, the election would have been stolen and there would have been somebody sitting in the White House that don't belong there. They would have said there's well, no way that, well, happened, it, that happens. It, it, it wouldn't be entirely crazy because Democrats were saying the for four years the election was stolen in 2016 and still are. And it's funny because, you know what, I'm going to save it because we actually have something on uh, the machines and I'll have a few quotes. All right, evening, put it in your so pocket. I'll put it in my pocket. I'll do that. Not your hand. Oh. So now we are on Breitbart. DOJ refuses to, and because I had somebody telling me this week, and like, the election, oh, no, no, it's going to be a red wave. The election can't, and, and look, hey, in a fair election, there was a red wave in 2020. They did not do what they did in 2020 to relinquish the power they gained by ill-gotten means. They're not gonna. They're not. They're not out of this without a fight. And again, like we've discussed before, preventative measures are being put in place. They're learning as much as they can, as fast as they can. And unfortunately, at this current time, and I, I don't think ever, is that going to entail going back and undoing anything? It's not possible at this point, in my in my opinion, dude. I'm in the automotive field. I don't do this for a living. This is the opinion of regular people just like you. It and you don't is. do this for a living because people don't continue to give us reviews. And ratings. Yeah, and ratings and share it. Maybe if they did that, we would be doing this for a living. Oh, that'd be great. But or maybe I'm just not that good. So anyway, no, I mean, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? They're not going to relinquish the power. Oh, and for sure. That they got. Yeah. And, and that's why I always say that they're going to keep doing it, man. They're going to keep stealing elections. This and... I, I believe this is going to be in conjunction with social media, just like it was last time. And so how, and one of my questions would be what, how many times will it take for people? Because oh, nobody's going to do anything. Like I said, at the very beginning, doing something immediately after the election was stolen was deleting your social media, media accounts. It would have been that beneficial because those people have remained inside your data, profiting off of you, grotesquely profiting off of your participation on their website to still be able to do what they did in 2020. Like, that's the sacrifice. And like I said last week, man, nobody's asking you to 
Um, Churn your own butter. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not. They're not. That. Yeah, they're not asking you to plow or do anything. Like go back old school to the 1800s, dude. They're not asking you to freaking use a, a bow drill to start a fire. Like we're not asking you to go that old school. Just hey, man, back it up and freaking get off this thing, man. Find an alternative type yeah, of social give up media. a little bit of nosiness and narcissism. <laughs> give up a little bit of in and in. <laughs> in and in. Yeah, give up a little bit of in and in. <laughs> DOJ refuses to release Biden administration plan to intervene in 2022 election. And this has been going on for a while right here. The Department of Justice is refusing to release 15 pages of documents explaining the Biden administration's strategy to implement a voter access policy that is being coordinated with left-wing groups just weeks before the 2022 election. In March of 2021, President Joe Biden signed Executive Order 14019, quote, promoting access to voting, as Breitbart News noted. Is that how many executive orders Biden signed? (laughs) The executive order on promoting access to voting reads like a Democratic Party wish list of reforms that enshrines many of the practices that were adopted on a temporary basis during the pandemic-affected 2022 election. Its provisions include using federal agencies to promote voter registration, using federal agencies to inform Americans about voting, linking federal agency websites to state voter registration websites because it's always supposed to have been relegated to the states, not the federal government. That's why they're doing that. Providing voter registration and vote-by-mail applications, sound familiar, using approved nonpartisan third-party organizations to register voters at federal agencies, using identification documents issued by the agency to help people register to vote, providing more multilingual services to potential voters. Whoa. Yep. That's why they don't want them in blue areas. Giving public employees, quote, time off to vote in federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial elections and promoting voter registration for federal prisoners. One provision states it is the responsibility of the federal government to expand access to and education about voter registration and election information and to combat misinformation in order to enable all eligible Americans to participate in our democracy. That's the said democracy that the MAGA fascists like us are trying to tear down by asking for transparency. As Molly Hemingway of the Federalist noted in June, Biden was elected in 2020 after Democrats and their donors, such as billionaire Mark Zuckerberg, funded and commandeered local election administration in key counties and crucial swing states. The Foundation for Government Accountability filed a Freedom of Information Act request for the documents about the DOJ plan last year, which the DOJ refused to produce until compelled to do so by a federal court last Thursday, two months before the two. Tw- it says 2002. It's the 2022 midterm elections. Typo on Breitbart. Hey, I could proofread for you guys, but I'm not going to do it for free. That's right. At least give us a rating. I would be the proofreader, seriously. I suck at reading. <laughs> While it did provide a few documents, the DOJ used a loophole in the FOIA legislation to withhold the strategic plan for Executive Order 14019, as Byron York of the Washington Examiner notes. So the strategic plan, the document that would give the world some information on what the administration is doing to enact Biden's order, remains a secret. But that's not all. The Justice Department is withholding lots of other information as well. One troubling clue did make it past the Justice Department's censors. On July 12, 2021, the Justice Department held a listening session with outside activists working on voting rights. The group included dozens of people, all of them from left-leaning groups. There were 10 from the American Civil Liberties Union, 5 from the Campaign Legal Center, 
three from Demos, three from the Southern Poverty Law Center, five from the Leadership Conference on Civil Rights, two from Black Lives Matter, and many others. The list would not reassure anyone hoping that the Justice Department is working in a scrupulously nonpartisan way, but of course we don't really know what the department is doing because the administration is keeping it a secret. Do you think the two from Black Lives Matter flew on their private jet from all that money donated? Yeah, there's another one that got caught embezzling. Uh, one of the top guys, it was a male this time, got caught. I mean, it was like a lot, like $10 million or something. How many Black Lives were improved by Black Lives Matter besides those? Because they were improved greatly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, really, when you think about it, dude, I mean, they did their job. They're Black Lives Matter now because they're wealthy. I bet they have a house at Martha's Vineyard, too. No, I don't think so. Because the, the same people that don't want the... Uh, the um, illegal immigrants there, they don't want them there either. Like, And that's the thing, Barack Obama. You think Barack Obama would live next to George Floyd? Under zero circumstance would that ever happen. Would any of the lily white bread pacifist, moronic, middle-aged white liberal women that held them stupid signs ever live next to George Floyd? Hell no. If they did, they would call the cops on that guy daily. In fact, they would call the cops on him for a lot, something a lot less than passing a $20 bill off. Yeah, like or, if he went to check his mail. Right. That Oh, I think he's selling weed. You would call the cops, and then he would still get freaking his shot off or whatever the hell happened to him. Overdosed on fentanyl. There you go. He still would have done that, and it would have been, it would have been your fault instead of the clerk that called him for passing off a fake 20, you disingenuous piece of shit. You know, I, I saw an article today about, I guess they were trying to give him, a, what's it called, post? Posthumous? Yeah, I guess so. Posthumous? But, yeah. However you say Look, again, Pro, I speak redneck, so. Yeah. Preposterous? Yeah, that. Yeah, a preposterous. It is preposterous that they would give him anything besides an obituary in the in the back of the newspaper, and that's it. Yeah, but, you know, they were trying to give him a, a pardon is what they were oh, trying to do. Of f- all of that out of there. Yes. Posthumously give him a pardon. That's it. That's, what, <laughs> that's the phrase I was looking for. They were trying to, to do that. And the Texas Parole Board denied it. Good. And people are, are very upset about it. Oh, the it. Texas Parole Board must be racist. Dude, I for the life of me, I can't, like, even trying to, to figure out how, and a lot of times, dude, I can put myself kind of, I can't sympathize, but look, I see what you're trying to do and how a, a, the left is trying to make certain types of connections based on stupid emotional worldview that they've been indoctrinated with. But th- with this... There's, I can't understand how you could even pacify this in your mind in any capacity on any level, how you could think that, that George Floyd was a good person or that his life mattered. His life was trash. He wrecked so many other people's lives. He was a dirtbag. Dude, uh, I, again, I don't have it in front of me, but I think that was his 20, it was around his 25th encounter with law enforcement. He had done two stints in prison. So with 25 encounters with law enforcement, I know that George Floyd isn't on the docket tonight, but... It happened. With he, he's been on a lot of dockets. You sure he's not on our docket? <laughs> hey. I can't remember what I was saying. That was a side rant anyway. That he wasn't on the docket. I mean, dude, the, the guys, oh, 20, 25 contacts with law enforcement minimum, okay, to my knowledge. At what point do you become responsible for whatever misfortune befalls you at the hands of law whoa, enforcement whoa, with 25 whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, encounters? This day and time. No one is responsible for their actions. You should know that by now. It's true. Touche. You win. Oh, listen, we're back on COVID again. And this is a long one, so I'm going to kind of hit some of the high notes. I was wondering about this. I saw something about this last week. 
when I butcher some of the medical terms and the names from the uh, these, uh, I don't know, I think they're Italian. We're on the Epic Times again. Metal-like objects. And look, it's funny because I've heard all about the metal stuff in the blood for a year now. Is that why... Yeah, people magnets should. would would stick to hey, people. Hey, what you know, are you gonna do? You know, I don't know. Hey, you know that did to Reverso. A magnet stuck to his arm, didn't it? Right after he got it. No, not him. Oh, it did. But I think that he was he had the poles reversed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that wouldn't. No, he can't reverse anything. So <laughs> it's true. For those yeah. that don't know, Captain Reverso got his name because, and it's not the longest driveway. Where, where we're at, the the driveway is uh. What are you, we're talking about 200 yards, yeah. give or take? Yeah. And usually he goes off at least twice before he can make it out to the road. So that's how he got his name, Captain Reverso. He is the world's foremost authority on backing up not a damn thing. So <laughs> That's why when we finish recording the show, all of us race out to the driveway, and he tries to take off before we get out there. Oh, yeah. and, and so He's ran off the driveway. He's ran over my wife's plants. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's ran over the culvert. Yes. Yeah. He got stuck one time. He's really mad. He curses. He did get yeah. stuck. The scraping noise. The concrete looks like it came out of Baghdad. Yeah. It looks like one of those buildings in Baghdad with the crap, the whole side blown out. I've so. had to have it refinished. A few <laughs> and times. it was brand new. Yeah, it was. When we started doing this. It literally was brand new. It was. I know it. So Captain Reverso, if that's never been explained, now it has. Metal-like objects found in 94% of group who had symptoms after taking mRNA vaccines, study says. Three Italian surgeons conducted a study analyzing blood from 1,006 people who developed symptoms after they got a Pfizer, Biotech, or Moderna. Hey, he had Pfizer. Injection and found 94% of them had aggregation of erythrocytes and the presence of particles of various shapes and sizes of unclear origin one month after inoculation. I have a question. Yes. I'm about to tell you what erythrocytes are. Okay, but I was wondering, mRNA, what, what exactly is that? I, I see that a lot. Well, so, I can't and say and I we see talk, it a lot. I, the, the, I, I don't know, and I can't pretend to know. Okay, well, because that makes I, me the, feel well, better. Well, hold, calm down, hold the phone. Okay. So... There were, were people on the podcast early on that were talking about how close it's, it's very similar to your DNA and it alter. So when you take that, they say that it alters your DNA when you take that stuff. So reversos, his DNA has been altered. That's erythrocytes are a type of red blood cell that carry oxygen and carbon dioxide. What seems plain enough is that metallic particles resembling graphene oxide and possibly other metallic compounds have been included in the cocktail of whatever the manufacturers have seen fit to put in the so-called mRNA vaccines, the authors wrote in the study's discussion and conclusions. And there are some pictures there. Look at this. An example of a complex structured crystal lamellar organization at 120 times magnification. And wow. That is freaky, dude. So, and they, the, the thing is, people were saying early on under a microscope that they, in, like overseas in Italy, I was watching on YouTube, and that's one of the things we, you know, information, misinformation. Dude, it, I think that it's probably a pretty smart thing to take everything that you see with a grain of salt and let everything kind of iron itself out, let the information come out, X, Y, and Z. And I think until that time, you should forego having anybody put some new stuff in a needle into your body, especially when the government tries to do it by force. But I digress. But they, the metal, like, and we'll get into that in this article. Like, 
it like links together. And but the way they're describing it, and dude, I, I'm not pretending to know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Is that if so? If this is like basically clogging up in the bloodstream and the things we talked about last week, it would stand to reason. I would imagine with being a redneck, not a scientist, that I wonder if that's how these these uh, growths, the clot, string, fiber things maybe start. So this metal is it metal. I guess, from the actual vaccine. Right. Yeah. Go, no, no. Let, let's read it again. Yeah. That last paragraph, the quote, what seems plain enough is that metallic particles resembling graphene oxide and possibly other metallic compounds have been included in the cocktail of whatever the manufacturers have seen fit to put in the so-called vaccine. Rather, the authors wrote in the study's discussion and conclusions. So, yeah, I mean, it looks, I mean, apparently... It was in the vaccine, but like as you can see, the the particles around it, I th- and I, we'll get into it. But I think that they kind of coalesce together. Does that mean like stick together? Yeah, like uh, coagulate, maybe, okay. which it wouldn't really be the right. So that has to be why people were able to stick magnets to their arm after the injection. The metal-like objects. Well, I guess you know, whatever that compound around. would be would be around the injection site. I think they actually mentioned if you'll scroll down. But again, I'm trying to hit the high points here because like there's a lot of technical jargon in here too. So Franco Giovanni, Ricardo Benzi Sapelli, and Giannopolo. No, that's Giovanni are the surgeons who authored the study, which was published August 12th in the International Journal of Vaccine Theory, Practice, and Research. They said the results are very similar to the findings of Korean doctors Young Mi Lee, Sun Young Park, and Ki Leob Jian, titled Foreign Materials in Blood Samples of Recipients of COVID-19 Vaccines, but that their 1,006 subjects represent a much larger sample. Quote, it could be claimed that except for our innovative application of dark field microscopy, is how you say that, to mark the foreign metal-like objects in the blood of mRNA injections from Pfizer or Moderna, we have replicated the blood work of the Korean doctors with a much larger sample, the Italian surgeons wrote. Our findings, however, are bolstered by the parallel analysis of the fluids in the vials of the mRNA concoctions alongside centrifuged plasma samples from the cases they studied intensively. So go back to that. That means it was in it. Parallel analysis of the fluids in the vials of the concoctions. So that means that it was in there. That is freaky, dude. So here's images of crystalline aggregation. Wow. So self-aggregating, aggregate, self-aggregating structuring in fibrotubular mode. This image of 120 times magnification highlights a typical self-aggregating structuring in fibrotubular tubular mode. Look, look at this picture. I mean, what on earth? And that's what people were showing online early on because my wife was showing me like, look at this, it's moving, this is freaky. I'm like, ah, it's not real. Because like I said, man, it's healthy to be skeptical, but dude, like I, I didn't think early on, like I knew that it was something I wasn't going to get, but I didn't know that it was like this. And I figured, hey, dude, that's got to be at least to some degree experimental because you have circumvented all the safety protocols to do this. This is weird to hit, dude. Yeah. This is weird. Evident tubular formations at 120 times magnification and the aggregative phase showing their complex morphology. 
So the, the, there, there it is before, and that must be it after. The researchers cited numerous studies to back up their findings, including the well-known tendency of fibrin to cluster vascular toxicity of the spike protein and other adverse effects. They picked four cases and analyzed the pre- and post-vaccination health status while showing dark field microscopic images. We assert unequivocally that the four cases described in this series are representative of the 948 cases in which extraordinary anomalous structures and substances were found, the researchers wrote. Man, that is weird looking. So we're for there's a link in the description for all our stories. And there, this is the Epic Times. There's a link in the description for this where you can see there's a multitude of pictures on here. And, man, they are, they're pretty dang freaky. And so on this last one, in the case, the assembly of particles takes on, a crystal, on crystalline features. Furthermore, there is an area of close influence butterfly wings in the context of which crystalline-type organization occurs. Look at this, dude. Yeah. So that's inside your blood now? In conclusion, such abrupt changes as we have documented in the peripheral blood profile of nine... 948 patients have never been observed after inoculation by any vaccines in the past, according to our clinical experience. The sudden transition, usually at the time of a second mRNA injection, from a state of perfect normalcy to a pathological one, with accompanying hemolysis, visible packing, and stacking of red blood cells in conjunction with the formation of gigantic conglomerate foreign structures, gigantic conglomerate foreign structures, some of them appearing as graphene family superstructures is unprecedented. Such phenomena have never been seen before before, before or after any I had to proofread that yeah. again. Any vaccination of the past, the researcher stated. In our experience as clinicians, these mRNA injections are very unlike traditional vaccines, and their manufacturers need, in our opinions, to come clean about what is in the inje- in the injections and why it is there. Good luck with that. Yeah. That's why they want to keep it secret for 50 plus years. Talking about graphene, it's the graphene oxide is a type of material considered two-dimensional and also considered to be the strongest material in the world and the most conductive to electricity and heat, according to GrapheneInfo.com. Sherry Tenpenny, who has been ahead of the curve in vaccine adverse reactions, believes that these structures could be related to the strange clots and bombers, there you go, have been finding in the corpses they treat since around the pandemic. Whatever is actually found to be in the shots, whether the components or graphene, aluminum, crystalline, amyloid, disintegrated fibrin, highly charged nanotech particles, or something else, the disruption in the blood demonstrated on these slides is devastating and irrefutable, as are the corresponding histories of the patients involved, Tenpenny told the Epic Times. The RELU, whatever that means, formation seen, for example, in figures 8, 16, and 22, which are below, represent widespread sticky red blood cells which can lead to clots anywhere in the body figure 22 is especially frightening as this sample was taken only two days after the second moderna jab she added and so man there was just more young people playing sports falling out this week with blood clots like dude, i mean it's it, the real pandemic is this and so it takes and that is there is some correlation in my opinion as far as time frame when you talk about election fraud anything man it takes years for all these this stuff to come out. Like this was such a big, massive opera- operation, just like election fraud. This the, and, and you know, devil's advocate BB Bedazzle said on the show one time that, and I agree that the cl- the class action lawsuits and all the things to come from adverse effects from this. This is ten years from now. This is the beginning, dude. This is this has been 
around we're around a one year mark of of mass injections of this. Can you imagine where this is going to be in ten years? No, no. There's there's no telling. Nobody knows because they haven't even had time to figure that out with lab rats. And and people, man, I don't know, man. Society to a large degree has has, and I've said this on here before, man. I'm not ready to move on from this because you tried to force us to get this. You tried to force our kids to wear masks on the pretense that this is going to, you know, end everything. And so now the, the one of the, the biggest negatives to that is that if there really is something like a deadly pathogen like that, airborne, a lot of people aren't going to believe you because your credibility is completely diminished. It's gone. Yeah, like the boy that cried wolf. Right, but then look at this, dude. Who and so let's say that there was a, an airborne pathogen and you did have something that that was effective in preventing it. Nobody's going to line up and get it now. Why did you do this? This is disgusting, man. I'm not ready to move on from this, man. So that's enough for the COVID this evening. We're on Konakoa's Substack again. I think this person does phenomenal work. This is something I did not know about because I know some people local to uh, one of these places. Jeff Lindberg, Dominion's Erroneous Code and Unsolved Anomalies. So we're back on election fraud again. Former Sandia National Laboratories engineer Jeff Lindberg appeared on Conservative Daily to discuss EAC's report in Williamson County, Tennessee, and its findings from Coffee County, Georgia. In a podcast episode released Friday, and again, I'm going to touch the high points on this. We still got a little bit of stuff left to get to. In a podcast episode released last Friday, former Sandia National Laboratories engineer Jeff Lind- Jeffrey Lindberg who developed satellite systems and tested software for the U.S. Department of Energy, appeared on the Conservative Daily podcast to discuss the Election Assistance Commission report on Dominion's erroneous code in Williamson County, Tennessee, and a ballot scanning anomaly discovered in Coffee County, Georgia. Lindbergh showed a report entitled Dominion Voting Systems D Suite 5.5B, which, released, which was released on March 31, 2022, after an anomaly was observed in Williamson County, Tennessee, during a municipal election held on October 26, 21, regarding Dominion's image cast precinct tabulators. Quote, there was some very bad misbehavior of the equipment that was found only because a poll worker was keeping a tally on a post-it note, Lindbergh told conservative reporter Brian Lupo. They noticed that the ballot count on the machine didn't match what they put in the machine. It was missing many ballots they knew went into the machine, so they raised the alarm, he continued. After further investigation, the election officials discovered that seven out of 18 machines had the same problem where a large number of ballots were fed through the tabulator but not reported as counted when they closed the polls. The state of Tennessee ran its own investigation and was able to repeat the problem so the Election Assistant Commission and two accredited entities that test voting machines, Pro V&V, who we've talked about in the past, who is bad, and the SLI compliance were brought in to run an investigation on January 19th of 2022. Lupo commented, which, by the way, is a huge conflict of interest because they already paid them and they certified it. So if there's anything wrong in these machines, they are complicit. Lindbergh, who has published reports on voting machines with vulnerabilities, agreed that independent analysis was necessary and said during their testing they could repeat it. They saw the same sort of bizarre behavior where you put ballots in and a bunch of them just got rejected and don't get counted. The EAC, Pro V&V, and SLI compliance were able to repeat the problem, but they were not able to figure out the cause of the anomaly, so they called Dominion Voting Systems. Right there is the problem. What do you do? 
Well, what you do is you get some some independent experts or your own team and dig deeper until you find out the cause of the anomaly. You don't just say, we couldn't find it, so we asked Dominion to look at it, Lindbergh said. He continued, how can you have the voting machine company figure out if there is a problem with their system or not? There's a huge conflict of interest there. Quote from Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon in March 21 of 2018. This is what I was talking about earlier. There was plenty of talk about election fraud before 2020. Before 2020. Quote, 43% of American voters using voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. These companies are accountable to no one. They won't answer basic questions about cyber, about their cybersecurity practices, and the biggest companies won't answer any questions at all. Five states have no paper trail, and that means there is no way to prove the numbers the voting machines put out are legitimate. So much for Cybersecurity 101. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. But hang on a minute. Why would that do any good if they're not hooked up to the Internet? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, that's in, let's get to uh, Klobuchar. Because she's uh, now, she is one of the, the uh, most vocal people in how secure 2020 was. So Amy Klo- uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat from Minnesota in 2020 HBO documentary, quote, we're very concerned because there are only three voting machine companies. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things. But in fact, three companies are controlling them. And here's a video of Democrats on voting machines prior to 2020. So let's have a listen. Virginia just stopped using touchscreen computer voting because it's so vulnerable. We need to look at all the voting machines. Every secretary of state needs to be, you know, assisted in making sure that they are not being uh, hacked and and attacked. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Researchers have repeatedly demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or or switch votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. Forty-three percent of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines, um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. 
in a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you That's could enough. have That's enough. This is a 10-minute video. That, 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 that guy right there, Ted Lieu, again, all these are Democrats, and he said exactly what they did because – Keep in mind, they're just going by what their staff, advisors, and professionals tell them is going on. And within the ranks of those people, there's plenty of political bias, I'm sure. So, because these representatives, dude, that the majority of them are stupid. They're like they 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 they're good for nothing. They're a non-representing representative, but they just they're the mouthpiece. They're just repeating what they were told. These people don't know anything about electronics. They don't. So anyway. That being said, they're sitting there spouting that off. Exactly what he just said, just a couple counties and a few swing states, and that's exactly what they did. Yep. So when they realized we can use this to our own benefit, because those vulnerabilities did exist at that time too. They weren't used to manipulate the 2016 election like it was in 2020. And again, that possibility exists. But dude, when you look at the sum total of all the things they did, all the things we've seen evidence-wise, from 2,000 mules to the electronic stuff to the women in Atlanta in the State Farm Arena pulling ballot boxes out after the quote-unquote water main break, people covering up the windows in Detroit, five states simultaneously shutting down voting, which has absolutely never happened in the history of our country. All the, the guy that, that was taking ballots from New York to Pennsylvania, the the... Again, in Detroit, the vans coming in at 4 a.m., all these things. You you never had evidence. And if, they, if it existed, you'd know these Democrats would have presented it. None of that ever happened in 2016. And so the machine stuff were, and the hacking, whatever took place, worked in conjunction with all the foot soldiers doing everything that I just described, not to mention the media suppressing any information that would have been detrimental to Joe Biden's fake campaign. So continuing uh, Conicoa's Substack. Nevertheless, on February 11, 2022, Dominion submitted a root cause analysis report to the EAC, who subsequently concluded that the direct cause of the anomaly was inconclusive, followed by a statement saying, erroneous code is present in the EAC certified D-Suite 5.5B and D-Suite 5.5C systems. Quote, these are two insanely huge phrases there, Lupo commented. The first is erroneous code. Erroneous code is the first one, but the second one immediately following it is EAC certified. So does the certification mean anything? How do you get past that when you tell us the EAC inspects these machines, the EAC certifies them, and then in the very same sentence, you say there is erroneous code that causes this major malfunction, Lupo asked. Like you said earlier, Jeff, this was only caught because somebody was taking a tally on a post-it note. Lindbergh replied, that's why this stuff should have been caught in testing. This is testing 101. If there's erroneous code there, if the certification authorities had done their job, they should have found this. He continued, but the description of it gets very bizarre. It says it's due to a misread of, misread of the QR code. Stop right there. A misread of the QR code? Lindbergh explained the QR codes are very difficult to misread because of they have an error detection feature that enables them to function even if there is a distortion, dirt, or damage covering 15% to as much as 30% of the code. He remarked, there's nothing in here about fixing 
the misread or even figuring out why it misread. They just said it misread. That's the root cause. I mean, this is just totally unacceptable as a root cause, root cause analysis. Lindbergh, who spent 31 years working as an engineer working on national security project, projects with a high-level security clearance, explained that the report did not even determine if it was a scanner that misread the QR code or if it was the voting machine that mis- misprinted the QR code. So I wonder if anybody knew about that, like locally. I've never, nobody that, that our listeners from that region have never said anything to me about it. No. I would have no idea they were even using those types of machines and equipment, Dominion, which has a terrible, terrible reputation now. Pretty frightening stuff. Yes, it is. Bob Buford had proposed to me that maybe people were tired of hearing about election fraud evidence because nothing's happening. I, st- I personally think it's absolutely worth, especially um, from an evidentiary standpoint, to be able to show people that maybe disagree that it was stolen, a multitude of evidence that we can present to you to pass on to them to bolster your argument that this was absolutely stolen. It's a fact-based argument, and the evidence is here. And again, and you can direct people that may disagree to a show that they would probably still disagree with, but, man, they could leave a five-star rating even if they hate us. Yeah, But I just say that because even if people agree and know that that the election has been stolen, there's no repercussions of it. Well, there There may not be any now. It takes a long time. Yeah. No, there won't be repercussions with a a corrupt administration, number one. Number two, when people are talking – when we're talking about people getting involved in this process, dude, who – Williamson County, Tennessee, who would, and it says, but what what local supervisory parameters are there? Who 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 accepts the the accreditation company that that certif- the certif- rather the the certification company? Who makes the call to say, okay, we we ex- we're using you for certification and we accept your certification because that needs to be a lot more than one person. That needs to be a panel, of a bipartisan panel of people that are able to approve that. And every question needs to be answered, which really you can circumvent and throw all that in the trash by getting the hell rid of these machines. Yeah, that's not The machines ain't working for us, dude. And listen, if we go back using the evidence out of that video or you know, a multitude of Democrats over a 10-minute span, a few seconds apiece, are saying that these, these machines are bad, but now they're not. Why don't we, I mean, again, that, that's something that needs to be, be, be presented. You said several years ago that these are these are terrible and this is going on. What's changed? Not a damn thing's changed. Y'all are starting to They've using, learned how to manipulate. Yeah, you're using it to your benefit. Yeah. That's what's changed. Uh-huh. We need to get rid of the machines. That's the bottom line. That's a wrestler says that. Really? Stone Cold Steve Austin. The bottom line? That's or? the bottom line because Stone Cold says so, yeah. Oh. Not that I know. Reverse, I wouldn't know. I just... It yeah, was, really. It's popular when I was in high school. That's why he still watches it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to everyone's favorite segment. And if you're a new listener, this is what we're known for. It's time for this week. An idiot, cross-dressing, confused, moron, pervert, Democrat, nutjob wackos. Y'all ready for this?
Dude, we should find a way to incorporate Gangnam Style into that intro. I noticed you pulled out a glow stick from your pocket and started <laughs> waving it around. Gangnam Style. Yeah. You know, do you know that Oh, one? yeah. Gangnam, Gangnam Style. Style. <laughs> like the drums. Yeah. We may be able to get him to call in one time. We are. Hey, this is the first time this evening that we've been on the Gateway Pundit. Hmm. And this is good news. Because we talked about a teacher a few weeks ago, and we played the video. Teacher in viral video telling students to not to judge pedophiles for wanting to have sex with children. She called them MAPS, minor attractive persons. Yeah, I remember. She's been fired by the Texas school board. Wow, look at there. A teacher heard in a viral video telling students not to judge pedophiles for wanting to have sex with children has been fired. Amber Parker was fired as an English teacher from Franklin High School for telling a student... To call pedophiles maps or minor attractive persons, a term that softens and redefines the word pedophile. Quote, you're not allowed. Well, we could listen to it again, but we don't need to because we did last time. It's in the link. There's a link in the description to two episodes ago when this happened. You're not allowed to label people like that. Stop it, Diego. Hey, you know what? God bless you, Diego. Absolutely. <laughs> Think about the parents that are thinking. Yes. Diego. Good Good. Good for you, Diego's parents. Go, Diego, go. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to call them that. Well, <laughs> you might not, but we sure as hell are. The 53-year-old teacher could be heard saying in the 18-second video, we're going to call them MAPS, minor attracted persons, so don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. She's fired, so. Wow. Yeah, we need to send a medal to that student that recorded that. Oh, yeah, dude. That's going to be, you know what I mean? They'll never forget this. I know. Let me see that quote there. What is that? At first, Daniel Call, the vice president of the El Paso ISD Board of Trustees, defended Parker and said her remarks were taken out of context because she was preparing her students to read the Crucible, KFOX 14 reported. Amber Parker's husband, Jason Parker, thanked Daniel Call for supporting his wife in a Facebook post last week. Quote, Mr. Daniel Call, I happen to be the husband of the teacher in question. I can tell you that we were shaken to the core about these accusations. It is both scary and disturbing that an edited 18-second clip could destroy a 30-year career when taken completely out of context. She is exemplary as a teacher and truly cares about the students. Needless to say, we have spent many sleepless nights because of this cruel release to social media of the 18 seconds. We pray that you and the rest of your board, who you pray into, will see this for what it is and not allow and an edited video just to destroy an innocent, I need to proofread for this jerk off too, an innocent woman, her career and her family in the process. I want to thank you personally for the updated post to begin to write this wrong. <sighs> However, upon further consideration, Amber Parker was eventually fired. That's the end of the story. And it's a good one. I like this story. It's my favorite. <laughs> yes. Oh, listen, Hey, we've talked. How many times do we have to talk about this? I'll tell you how many times we have to talk about this. Every time it happens, which is every, every other week. week until Disney closes. And uh, we're back on uh, Gateway Pundit again. More Disney employees arrested and latest Florida child sexting. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd. We got a video, but I'm going to read it because everyone loves the fluid, smooth reading capabilities I possess. Last Friday, the Polk County Sheriff's Office announced that 160 people were arrested in the latest human trafficking sting enforcement operation 
160 people were arrested in the seven-day undercover human trafficking operation called Operation Fall Hall 2. I think they're going to start naming these after Disney movies. That would really be cool, dude. Ice Princess or what? What's the one called? Ice Princess. Reverso would definitely know if he was here. Yeah. Bedazzled is that? Bedazzled. BB Bedazzled. I don't know. Polk. County Sheriff Grady Judd told reporters last week a Disney worker was arrested in the sting. Sheriff Judd on Thursday held another press conference and announced more Disney employees were arrested in part of in part two. Oh, so there was a part one and a part two. There was a fall hall one and a fall hall two. Lo and behold, both halls. It's like a crab trap. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime they haul it up, there's a Disney employee. Just hanging off the side of it. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're in it, on top of it, below it. They're all over it. They're they're on the line. They're everywhere. And, and look at this. The, look at this. Okay, hold on. Let me start the sentence over then. Yeah. Sheriff Judd on Thursday held another press conference and announced more Disney employees were arrested in part two of last week's human trafficking sexting sting sting with a G, dubbed Operation Cyber Guardian Two. I, okay. We got to clear. They must stagger them. They must. They must have them at different times. So the fall hall one must have been last fall. Fall hall one was probably on Monday. Fall hall two was probably on Wednesday. But what about Cyber Guardian two? And when was Cyber Guardian one? Sixteen. Oh. And the other one. Oh, okay. Human trafficking. Oh, wow. So they're man. These guys are busy. Yeah. They're hauling perverts all over the place. They should send those perverts to Martha's Vineyard. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Look, at least I wonder if what, during the sting they just put on like Disney shirts to make everybody feel comfortable. They should. Yeah. What's what's the one I'm trying to think of the Ice Princess thing? I know I've been frozen. Trying to think about, that's that's frozen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, frozen. Look at this. We arrested 173 in our fall operation. Not just 160. Sheriff Judd said Disney employees were among the 13 men arrested. 28. Year old Joshua Cummins of Davenport, Florida, was employed as a construction subcontractor and was currently building a new roller coaster at Disney. Joshua Cummins was charged with one count of traveling to meet a minor for sex and one count of attempted lewd battery. 42 year old Kevin Sanders of Winter Garden worked for Disney for 16 years. So I wonder what that guy has done that we don't know about for the last 16 years at well, Disney. He was charged with one count of transmitting harmful material to a minor and one count of using a computer to solicit a child for sex. And when you, and that's the thing too, man, like, oh yeah, well, you know, whatever. Everybody still takes their kids to Disney. I think Reverso even does, but here's the thing. He tries to hide it. He does. He says, no, it's universal by Disney. <laughs> here's the thing, dude. When you're, when you're walking your children through the park, like, Dude, it's like a, uh, and you see me a, salivating no, over them. Yeah, man, you're you're running your children through a gauntlet of perverts. Yeah. Like, well, here's the thing, dude. All I'm saying is, when you see their politics, their politics alone were enough for me to go there. Now, this is at least the f- the fifth, maybe the sixth time we've had to cover this, where Disney employees are being arrested for pedophilia, dude. All the while, people. The company as a whole supports the political ploy to make to, to normalize child molestation. Why why would anybody in their right mind ever take their kid here? I know. Okay, now listen to this and the article. Remember, it said from 
Sheriff Grady's office on the 13 men arrested during the undercover operation were Disney employees, okay? Mm-hmm. And then it says, of the suspects who had warrants, all of them sent sexually explicit images and or videos to who they thought were 13, 14, or 15-year-old girls or 14-year-old boys. So those 13 men thought they were contacting mm-hmm. 14-year-old boys yeah, or the 13, 14, 15-year-old girls. Yeah, dude, it's just... Disney's out. Disney's. I've never spent. I've never been to Disney, and I would damn sure never go. And this is more stuff. We got two videos from Libs of TikTok. Both are a couple minutes. Dude, and, that uh, is scary. Oh, it gets right worse, there. man. Like this gets way worse. You and again, there is a link in the description. And if you want to see a really creepy, freaky, I'm pretty sure this is this is a biological male. It has to be. Oh, that right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a biological male, and, and it's it's obviously a teacher. And so this also, going back to the other story where the husband was trying to make a defense for the wife, saying she's been taken out of context. No, that there's there's no context in which this is acceptable talk to ch- children, number one. Number two, the thing is, when, when stuff like this is uh, so popular right now amongst people in, within the education system, teachers, talking about these things like this right here. No, dude, like maybe let's, there's no justifiable, justifiable reason to be talking about minor attractive persons, like saying it's okay to have sex with a five-year-old to, to anybody, much less school students. It's off. The, uh, mm. So anyway, this is just part of the uh, popular trend of weird people doing like their little pretentious video edit cuts and trying to be all cutesy and clever and obviously, complete narcissism, self-absorption, disconnection, and this is a creepy, creepy person talking about how to treat like whatever gender bent student nonsense. So, did you read the coffee cup? It says, "Ask, Ask me, me about, about, my, about pronouns. my pronouns." Yeah, but the, what's noteworthy is they're it's obviously a reversed image because they're watching themselves on the big screen instead of just filming themselves with the camera, and not looking at themselves like that. So, a lot was put into this, like. As far as, like, the – it, I don't know, man. It makes my head hurt, dude. I hate that we have to even play stuff like this, but it has to be done. He's a fag. I think it's more than that. Oh. He was a teacher to create safer spaces in your classroom. Or your house, really, if you want to. Number one, post a safe space sign like this one. You can Google it. And then start unpacking what it means in your classroom to create safer spaces. How do you handle pronouns? Someone being misgendered. How do you teach your other kids to be an ally? Dead naming. It's going to happen. What are you going to do? Number two, start an LGBTQ organization in your school to support your staff and students. Like this one. This is glsen.org. They will give the entire curriculum to you. It's very handy. Number three. That was four. Number three. <laughs> Learn every day how to be a better ally. How to be anti-racist. Stand up against homophobia and transphobia. Ever hear your students say, that's so gay? You gotta shut that shit down. Don't know why pronouns are so important? Don't understand why students would get upset when they've been misgendered or deadnamed. You gotta unpack that. 
Here's number four. Integrate QT BIPOC and LGBTQ topics, writers, authors into into your curriculum. <laughs> curriculum. Why? Because don't forget, Pride started out as and continues to be an act of resistance. Started by our black trans women. You have to acknowledge all the parts of a student's identity because their experience will be different when they hold multiple intersections of identity, like being black and queer. Are you, did you sure that's a biological man, not a woman trying to turn into a man? I don't know, man. I'm very confused. Dude, that thing is freaking creepy. But like the whole, like I hate the way, I just hated everything. I hated everything about that. But, oh, uh, how students call stuff gay? Dude, I've done that literally since elementary school. That's gay. That's gay. Day. You got to shut that down. No. You know what would happen if you shut that down? That would be gay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. Yeah. (laughs) We got one more, and it's a good one. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) This is great. I do want to say a disclaimer, though, really quick. Like, I'm I'm not playing these to break them down because, obviously, these are completely nut bar, irrational, moron, sick perverts. They're actually idiot cross-dressing, confused, moron, pervert, Democrat, nut job, wackos. Is what, yeah, know, I see it. What is dead dead name? I had to look that up because I knew that question would come up. Dead naming means, like, if, uh, you know, I was Bob. My name's Bob. Well, I'm Stanley, actually, but and I wanted to be a woman, and my name is now Carol. Calling me Stanley was be dead naming me because that name's dead because that's not me no more. Oh. It's, it's idiocy. Completed. And like, apparently that's a humongous affront, by the way, to a, like, that's a thing, dude. If, if all these small little weird, really, if you are so emotionally fragile that you can't be you know, dead named or called this or called that, and it's just this catastrophic thing to your psyche and, and your emotional state, that should indicate to you that something is very, very wrong with you psychologically that you can't trust yourself to think that you're the opposite sex of which that of what you were born. Like, you're insane. This is insanity. And they're conditioning these people, these children, to be insane by letting someone like that beast or whatever that was be involved in the classroom. Like, Not be involved. Lead the classroom. This, this, should, this is acceptable on no level. And that's one of the things I'm so adamant about that we've on the show homeschool i refuse to allow that anywhere near my child and the thing is with the other woman the other woman that was talking about the sex with five-year-olds didn't even she wasn't like abnormal looking like this it wasn't it wasn't obvious by her aesthetic like it is with this if you see this person you know you're dealing with a freaking whacked out liberal weirdo pervert i just so you have to be careful you never know this stuff is so infectious. It's it's so deep within the school system now. It's everywhere. You have to be vigilant and talk with your kids and and ask if any of this crap's being said. So because that I mean, again, just judging a book by its cover, the other woman before from last that they got fired, she didn't look like she looked normal ish. Yeah. You know, correct? So, yeah, but, like Aunt Susie, right? So. Yeah, because she had already been there 30 years, and now she's talking that net. And that, and that which shows you, dude. I wonder if she loses her pension. How I hope so. How fictitious this is, dude. 
She would have never said that even 10 years ago, five Correct. years ago. She would have never said that. Correct. This whole maps thing is brand freaking new. And that's how nobody even uses maps anymore. Yeah. No, I'm just saying to refer to a child molester as a minor attractive person yeah. that that just happened like yesterday and you're in a 30 year teacher is using that vernacular. They use that terminology and giving credence to that idea that that's realistic, reasonable and not perverted. How did this happen? That's by, by us keeping our mouth shut. No, I'm saying deeper than that. You've been a teacher for 30 years. That shows you. So you've been a liberal teacher for 30 years. You've been a leftist for 30 years. And that shows you how much they've bent, how much they've warped. You never. It shows you how safe they feel now. Not only that, but dude, the thing is, you will bend with the Democrat Party no matter what. Even if it's... Because now they feel so safe. I mean, they, they're thinking, look, we yeah, but, stole an election. But she we can disagree. do anything now. If the Democrat, part, the Democrat Party 10 years ago wasn't endorsing the idea of doing that to a five-year-old, that wasn't happening, not openly, okay? So therefore, she would have disagreed with that talk and shut it down 10 years ago. But now that they're talking that, she just goes right along. I'm just saying it's a testament to how lemming they are. It's it's sick the extent they will though their brains never say that's enough. You have no filter, no stopping point. Whatever the narrative is, you guys adhere to it like it's. A, so that's the thing. You can talk bad about Christianity, yo, religious people, this Christianity, that, dude. This is your de facto religion. Whatever the narrative that the left sells is your de facto religion. You're married to it and you refuse to deviate. There's no stopping point. There is no brakes on this train. And if they say we're gonna. Dude, you kill babies. You're okay with an adult that wants to have sex with a five-year-old. Your words, not mine. Where you'll never, there's nothing you won't do that they tell you to do. There's nothing. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than this. What what could be worse than what she's advocated for? Nothing. Which proves the Democrats have a hold on a, the psychotic. Like where they painted as all oh, the right, these MAGA fascists. No, dude. What about the perversion fascists? Like, they have a, a firm grip on your brain and will shape it to whatever perverted shape they want it to, and you guys are fine with it. It's insane. I mean, do you see where I'm coming from with this? Yeah. You've taught school for 30 freaking years. And again, to reiterate what I said, 10 years ago, you never would have been okay with that. But now, because they're telling you to be okay with it, you're okay with it. Because Democrats have no morals. I'll say it again. If you're a registered Democrat, just like this woman is, you know she is, Go down and register as a sex offender because that's what you are, all of you. If you're if you're a Democrat listening to this show, you're a pervert. Believe it's a five-star rating, you pervert. Here we go. I'm going to prove to you why white people are the reason I'm fat today. <laughs> if white people didn't go looking for spices, then various sea routes to Indian subcontinent and Africa and other places of the world would not get discovered. And if they didn't get discovered, then East India Company would never come to Indian subcontinent. And if they didn't come, then the fertility of the land would not get destroyed because they forced us to cultivate tobacco and dyes and opioid, things like that, and that destroyed the fertility of my country. And then, if that didn't happen, and if they didn't exploit and extract resources until my ancestors were left with nothing to eat, we wouldn't move to this grain-heavy, very little nutritious diet that we have today. Also, Can you pause that for a second? The, the grass mowing sound is outside her window, not ours. I just wanted to clarify yes, that. Yes, that's correct. Okay. 
I'm just wondering when she's going to talk about those corn tortillas that makes her fat. I'm just wondering why she's worried about just being fat and not her teeth. It looks like she chewed nails. White people didn't come to the Indian subcontinent, then my ancestors would not go through 50 small, medium, large famines in a period of 200 years. That's a lot. And in 1943, nearly 3 million people would not have died due to starvation and malnutrition. And if that didn't happen... If they were fat, they wouldn't have died from starvation either. Good point. Then this entire place um, and the people of this place would not adapt to survive on lower calories. We also wouldn't biologically be programmed to hold on to more fat because my genes, they always think, okay, you're going to die at can some you, point. Can, yes, your, your blue genes think when you put them on, damn, I'm going to die. You're going to bust me in half. There's going to be a famine. You will not have food and you're going to die. Her body or genes Never think she's going to face a famine. <laughs> Number one, what are you, like 12? Right off the bat, like... What you, no, like, that's just her pudgy cheeks that make her look younger. Well, she's like 15 or 16 years old. Like, this is a kid, okay? And it goes back to what I said seven minutes ago. Rewind seven minutes ago. All right. Seven minutes. You mean people have to be responsible for their actions? No, nah, that was more than seven minutes ago. 12 minutes ago. I think it's about 30. This went a lot long, long, longer than you thought, I think. Well, the thing is, dude, if, if white people never came here, you wouldn't be using that smartphone, I'd be willing to say, but whatever. I would also not be prone to diabetes, heart, high blood pressure, um, heart diseases, and all that other things. So sad. So, yeah, white people is the reason why I can't lose weight. <laughs> Funniest thing I've ever seen on and our she's podcast. Serious? Oh, yeah, she's serious. Yeah, it has nothing to do. With yeah, I mean, McDonald's I'm sorry. And, and the, ice cream. I'm sorry for making you fat, dude. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like that, I'm white and you're fat. But here's the thing: it's kind of racist because I know some Indians that aren't fat. So what's your excuse? There's plenty of not fat Indians. You're, so you're well. No, I think that's a fat phobia. But well, it is racist too because you're saying all Indians are fat because their genes are screwed up. Because of white people. The ones that I see that aren't fat are never inside their house on their smartphone when somebody else is cutting their grass. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm an uncultured swine, therefore I don't know like uh, anything about like uh, American Indian dishes, what they would eat. She's not eating that though. You're right. She's eating McDonald's, probably some ho ho's, zings, <laughs> zing zongs, and, uh, Whatever little Debbie makes, that's probably, you know, her primary source of uh, nutrition. I, I bet that her stretch marks look like the barcodes on her favorite snack cakes. <laughs> that's too true for radio. No, you can't sing about it. They'll show you the door. Because Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me. 
Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show, but that's too true for radio.
I stole that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>